0: Hang in there.
1: Long Talk here. Radio.
2: Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'.
0: So good to have you with us, everybody. We are got live from the MBA conference, and we are on the floor in the d booth. So excited to have you be here, part of us. And uh, every time you do one of these, we go through the deal of, uh, of uh, is it live? Is it live? Is the technology going to working? Well, so it is. Not working quite as well as we'd like. Not so much. It's always one of those challenges. But anyway, it's good to have you with us, everybody. You're tuned in and listening to the broadcast again live from the Mortgage Bankers Conference in Boston. We're thrilled to have you here be a part of us. And each and every week we come to you, and a special thank you goes out to everybody that makes this possible. Sitting here with me is Alice Alvey, and we have Andy Shell. We've got Joe dialed in. We've got Sam. And uh, let's see if we have Paul Mollard coming in on the – yep, there's Paul also dialed in. So it looks like we've got a good show ready to go here. And we've got some guests, special guests here, excited to have you here be a part of this. Again, this is Monday, October 24th, 2016, and we're thrilled to have you be a part of us. This broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we are the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Award. We are thrilled about that. We have as our special topic in seeing as we're in the D&H booth. Don't you think it'd be appropriate we invite some D&H folks to come yeah, in here? Go DNA. Go DH. Yeah. So we got them here. We've got Steve Hoke and we've got Mary K. Th- Th- Thralt. I think I said that right. Thralt. And so I'm looking forward to having her in here as well as Steve. We're going to be talking more about millennials, mobile, and everything that's going on, the projections. We look forward to 2017. It just came out of the conference with uh, the press conference with Mike Fratt and Tony. Got some new numbers we're going to be talking about a little bit later about the latest information, and we're excited to have you here with us. So without further ado, let's say a big thank you to our sponsors. We have ArchMI. We're going to hear about that RateStar application in just a minute. We've got Motivity Solutions. We also have Velma, the Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant. do a great job with getting the word out about this podcast. Simplifile, which has a technology that helps you stay Collaboratively involved with your agents in a real time chat format. We're thrilled to have their partnership. You communicate in a real time electronic communications with all of the individuals that you with whom you're doing business. And you've got an audible trail. Check it out. Simplifile.com 1 800 460 5657. Ask for Al, excuse me, ask for Al's Al. I always said Al's Al. Nancy Alley. Let's eh, close all it right. up. Get on there, our good friend Nancy Alley. Then also D and H, of course, we're in their booth and we're gonna be talking more about their mobile technology, where where their perspective is in the future. We're so glad you're here with us. The Mortgage Collaborative, by the way, is also founded by the uh, former MBA chairman John Robbins, David Kittle, and leaders on the forefront of the diversity movement within the real estate industry. Jim Park and Gary Acosta as also were the founders of it. They're the it's just a valuable resource where you can get together and work with others in a more uh, intimate, more of a, uh, a smaller environment. It's truly a networking opportunity. The power of the network. Check out the Mortgage Collaborative or the themortgagecollaborative.com. The, I keep saying the. It's www.mortgagecollaborative.com. Good to have you with us, everybody. Without uh, well, we're at the Mericapolis. I mean, excuse me, at the National MBA Conference. We've got the Catalyst coming up at the October 30th through the 1st. Be sure to check out that conference, Americatalyst.com. Also, you can go to uh, the Whole Loan Workshop, Trading Workshop. That's exciting. We're also going to be doing a broadcast from the Accounting and Finance Financial Management Conference in San Diego. Lots of good stuff. Joe Farr, let's get over to see what is going on in the markets. Good to have you with us, Joe.
3: Hey, Dave. Yeah, today it's been a a a little bit a little volatile so far. We started out pretty good. We started out up uh, 4.30 seconds, and then. About nine forty five uh the Flash PMI report came out a little stronger than expected and it pushed uh MBS prices down to the point where we've seen a number of uh, unfavorable price changes. So uh we lost about an eighth of a of a point in price. Now we've recovered a little bit of that and we're back to uh basically where we uh began the day or where we ended the day on Friday. So uh little volatility. Uh now, last they week like Dave
0: vol- we they don't like volatility. Eh.
3: Oh, no, we like volatility. That's a good thing. Uh last week was uh uh we saw an improvement in mortgage rates, largely a, a reversal of what had happened the week before. You might remember uh on Friday, let me see what date it was. It wasn't last Friday, but on the fourteenth, Janet Yellen made comments about uh maybe you know, needing to let the economy run hot for a while in order to fully recover from the Great Recession and That spooked the market to the point where we saw a rise in in mortgage rates. And then on Monday following, so last Monday the uh, 17th, uh, uh, we saw Vice Chair Fisher come out saying that he he saw dangers in leaving uh, rates low for too long. And and the the two comments kind of offset each other. And we saw a drop in that week where Janet Yellen made her comments. And we saw an improvement in MBS prices uh, in the week that – uh, Fisher made his comments and also in that week we saw an improvement in uh, uh, uh CPI core CPI came in a little less than what was expected and and um, the market liked that uh, obviously there's concerns all, uh, all the time about inflation uh as it relates to mortgage backed security prices and so a uh, lower than in, than expected inflation rate was well received uh, last week, Dave, we had some nice housing data. Uh, you know, when you looked at it, the uh, housing starts data seemed like it was awful but it because it fell 9%. But when you dig, dug into the details of it, uh, single-family starts, which is what we're all concerned about, right. uh, rose 8%. And building permits were up as well, up 6%. So that, that data was really pretty good for the uh, mortgage industry. Uh, existing home sales last week rose uh, from the month before uh, uh, by three percent. Last week uh, uh, there was concern about what the ECB might say or, or do regarding monetary policy, and they punted. They basically said they were we're not really going to let you know anything new until the December meeting. So right. combine that with. Uh, our own Fed likely to do something at the December meeting. It it kind of builds some great anticipation for what what might happen early in December. Uh, Let's look at, uh, you know, this week, uh, not a big week for data. Uh, We've got some more housing data coming out. New home sales comes out on Wednesday. Uh, Pending home sales comes out on Thursday. Also on Thursday, durable orders. Uh, going to get the first look at third quarter GDP on Friday. Expectations are now that it uh, we grew at a pace of about 2.4 percent. So we'll see how close we are.
0: It will be and interesting. And that's it. Appreciate that's it. Well, it's good to have you with us. Appreciate you tuning in, and everybody. If you're looking for a way to stay on top of the markets. In a real time way, and you are real time, aren't you? A lot of people say, I mean, yeah, Absolutely. but I mean, you need to go with one of those really expensive services. But you don't. You got your service. It is real time.
3: And uh, well, and appreciate Dave. Are you? Go ahead. Are you able to? Are you able to uh, log on to the mobile site and keep up with things there at the I, conference? I,
0: I am. That's the best part of the mobile app of this thing. I love it because I'm able to dial in, look exactly what's happening,
3: and it's it's wonderful.
0: It's a it's a wonderful tool. So. Kudos to you and what you do and your whole team. So we're thrilled to have you be a part of the radio podcast. Get a lot of comments, Joe, about you being here. And uh, everyone loves the app, so we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. We, because we're live here, we'll let you go. You're welcome to stay in. You can actually comment later on if you want. looks like we're going to be able to get you your audio into this for the rest of the way. So it'll be good. All right, Great. folks, we're going to be right back after this brief break.
2: Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked a loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text. Message These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quote Line, you'll never be out of touch with the market, whether you're in the office or on the road. See for yourself what MBS QuoteLine can do for you. Go to MBSquoteLine.com to start a risk free two week trial. MBSquoteLine.com. 646 716 4972. The Lincoln on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Licken. <laughs> so good to have you with us, everybody, to,
0: to tuning in with us. Uh, it's kind of chaotic here. We're not sure which microphones are working, so we're dialed over, cell phones, we're dialed over, everything, but it's fun to do this on a live basis. we got lights, action, a lot of people standing around looking at us. Uh, Paul Mallow, good to have you with us here. Let's see. I got your mic on. What's going on in the world out there outside of Boston, my friend?
4: Well, I don't know if uh, the convention is a buzz with what's going on with Genworth, but they're being sold to a Chinese company, which uh, might be a first for the mortgage industry. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that is, that
0: was quite an interesting announcement.
4: Yeah, I, I, are people talking about it there at the convention?
0: Yeah, you know, I heard someone passing that, passing it on, or making a comment. Yes. So the answer is there is some buzz about it, but the word's are just kind of getting out. When was that announcement made?
4: Well, it came in an SEC filing this morning, so it was before the market opened. Uh you know, we've been hearing for a couple months now that one of the other MIs was talking to potential suitors. Uh and then, you know, when the announcement came that UGI was going to be sold to Arch, I thought it was maybe oh, that was the deal people were talking about, but there was a second deal, and that was, and this is it. It's being sold to Pacific yeah. Global Capital, which is a limited liability corporation. Is it, you know, I'm still reading the SEC filing. It's 120 pages or so. Um, but before, in tandem with that filing, there's another filing that says Genworth's taking a big charge to its, um, I think it's long-term care insurance business, and that after-tax charge could be as much as 300 million. Uh, oh really? The price, uh, yeah, the share price on the purchase is five, uh, five dollars and forty-three cents, which is a little bit of a premium, you know, compared to its current. Uh, price, but keep in mind that Genworth is a lot more than just its mortgage insurance business. But the MI business has been pretty good for them. It's stabilized, and now, lo and behold, it's being sold uh, to a Chinese company. So that's uh, you know, it's interesting. It, it, you know, what's going on out that there is. in the mortgage space? Well, the good news is that you have apparently a, a deep-pocketed parent owning one of the MI companies, uh, and it's going to be interesting to watch and see how that develops. Uh, late last yeah. week, CBO put out a report uh, about what would happen if Fannie and Freddie were about to retain capital. Uh, there's a bunch of what-ifs and this and that. Uh, one interesting thing they come up with, basically, is if the plaintiffs win the GSE takings cases, that's still because the Treasury's in a senior position. They're still going to get most of the money that Fannie and Freddie, uh, you know, upstream to the government. So it's a good news, bad news um, scenario. Uh, we did a little bit of uh, more data analysis, probably no surprise here. The retail channel was a dominant source of jumbos in the first half of the year, uh, more than Fannie Freddie lending, but you know, we did a drill down on the data, and that's uh, one of the conclusions we drew. Uh, we have a new report out from our partners at Campbell. Uh, we do a, a Campbell inside mortgage housing finance uh, tracking survey. As it turns out, first time home buyer share of residential purchases are down to the lowest level in two years. So, and I know there's been some talk at the convention about what we can do to help the first time home buyer. I know Mel Watt addressed it a little bit in his comments, as well as Dave Stevens. And by the way, Freddie's uh, rolled out some tweaks to its loan advisor product, its software suite, uh, and among the things they're offering is no cost appraisals. In the short take session, uh, we talked a little bit about Mel is telling the industry to embrace change. He's talking uh, about um, what's he doing there, more about what Fannie and Freddie can do going forward in affordable housing, in particular in the multifamily side. Uh, so keep a close eye on that. I, have, I am not at the convention, as you know, but Dave Stevens talked uh, a little bit about uh, you know first-time home buyers and the fear of making a mistake, and I think that's a bit of a failed. Reference to uh, getting sued for FHA lending. And on a personal note, I I guess Dave talked a little bit about his own personal health, uh, revealing that. He did. He did, and and, uh, he revealed that he's been diagnosed with cancer, but offered up some good news saying that it's quite treatable or treatable. And I think everyone in the industry wishes Dave the best, so I should just point that out. So uh, that's about it for the daily. I know there's plenty of news there at the convention, and we'll be seeing more announcements uh, over the next two days.
0: Well, we appreciate you joining in, friend. Can you hear me fine? All right, at this point. Yeah,
4: I can hear you good.
0: How oh, good? good. No but I can hear you just fine. Well, some of these mics are working. It looks like they're all working, so we're back on that. So it's good. <laughs> oh. No. It's good to have. If you could see that, it's anytime you do these remote. Every time you go into one of these places, it's always a new deal. So no one can anticipate that better than Andy Schell, who's sitting here to we'll be talking to him and
1: Alice Alby. But Alice
0: Alby's right up now. Let's go so right, right there, to
1: Alice Alby. So is this mic working? Whoops. I gotta turn your
0: mic. Out. There we go. Maybe how's it working? It's working good. Oh. Good, good. We're on. I gotta mute your other mic so we don't have that competing with it on a, or
5: you could are you muted on that one? Okay, oh, yeah. good, good, good. Go ahead.
1: All right. Well, it's great to it's been a great conference, everyone. Uh, yesterday, I was at my time committee meeting, which some of like a oh, terrible one. But I love it. It's really the greatest information. MPA does a great job in uh, making sure that you can get into the topics and with the groups of people that are interested. the information. And the one that I want to share with you today was the Residential Technology Committee meeting. There were 70 people in there. It was absolutely awesome, and Oh, i right. going to go back okay. to... We're gonna go, go back, back to my your... other I'm gonna go back to the other part of it now. Okay. Well I'm stripping yep. back back in there. So okay. Good. All right, well I, I, I can take you to hear me before folks so I let know about seven people
0: in the technology. Great. And what we're looking for, what we found out in your session was a high level roadmap. I'm not hearing you, Alice. Uh, Terry, would just up a text. Uh, I think we will just
1: move this mic over.
6: <laughs> All right. How's this? Right, yeah, it's your... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, The So in any case, case, we had about 70
1: people at Residential Technology meeting yesterday. yesterday. Um, um, MBA, MBA pulled
6: together some information. They've got an agency update, this high-level roadmap that I think everybody should get their hands on because it really does show you the UCD timeline, the uniform uh, closing data, um, this is really a big issue, folks, because as you start to look at the timeline, you realize this is, yeah, I'm going to have a long tail into uh, September of 2017, but there's a lot to coordinate. One of the components in this that came up within the group was, you know, and, do you have to get your data from the seller's closing disclosure? And this is a big deal because, you know, in the industry, the title companies prepare that. We don't have the data. And right now we 're all kind of, the uh, community is saying, "Well, the regulation says we don 't have to uh, reconcile what 's on that data, so it really starts to open a can of worms. This is the group that gets to the bottom of all those nitty gritty issues and making sure Fannie and Freddie are on the same page is what uh, what makes sense for the industry uh, so uh, that 's one of the components we 're also tracking the implementation of the Uh, new 1003, right? (laughs) My line is it's the Paperwork Reduction Act and the 1003 is going to turn into 15 pages, right? So as you get into uh, the details with this, that implementation timeline stretches out past the Humda timeline. Well, the new Humda data is in the new 1003. FHA is going to be a little slower in total scorecard. I mean, that new 1003 talks to everything. What they're going to try and do now is Try and implement the Humda addendum, which, of course, makes tech people crazy, including me, because I consider myself a tech person now that I'm in Indicom with as a tech company. Because, all right, great, I have to implement half of a form, and then eventually I'll have to implement the whole form. Uh, so that always creates its own set of complications. Uh, So, again, kudos to the MBA for this group and everything that they put together for the uh, Humda data toolkit. You need to go check that out at their website. Um, Our company is supplementing that service, everything that MBA has. We are supplementing with actual uh, – we'll go through your files, make sure your data is cleaned up and ready for this new reporting. Um, But definitely go check out the new MISMO timeline. One of the big things that also came up in the uh, technology committee meeting was the New York uh, DFS licensing um, has this new information security um, rule that we're also pushing back on. Uh, We're seeing information security policies become now potentially at a state level, and this is very challenging for lenders. Um, So make sure you're part of this committee so that you can follow what's going on in the industry with information security because it is absolutely the hottest topic right now in terms of trying to keep our customer uh, personal information secure. So with that being said, Dave, I'm going to turn it back to you. Have you been in on any sessions yet, or what's been the hot topic for you
0: here? You know, the hot topic, Alice, as we're switching mics back and forth here, we're trying to get this going, uh, is the number one thing was Mike Fratt and Tony's comments. We have ourselves a really interesting year lining up. 2017, you're projecting $1.1 trillion worth of production. So significant amount of production coming out. And then also they're seeing three rate hikes, and that might be real interesting, inside of the uh, 2017. So that's some of the other news. David Stevens' announcement that he had cancer was handled so well. Uh, There's such a show of support and solidarity for him. And he talked about us being family. And as we sit around We've been doing this for seven-plus years now, and it's become family. And uh, let's go ahead and try that mic, see if it's... All right,
6: we'll do a mic check one more time. Yeah, Is that working? Yeah, it
0: seems to be okay. working on our side. Yeah, all of a sudden, we've got <laughs> Mike.
6: matters, right? So we'll
0: see if we can pull this off. So we're going to get Andy Shell on here a little bit. But thank you so much for everybody joining in with us. We're going to be right back after this brief break.
2: If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage You give you the edge.
0: Live here at the conference, and let's see if we can. There we go. Got the headphones back and working. What we are doing is uh, focusing on a number of aspects of what's going on in the industry. There's a little bit of a delay going, so I'm going to shut that one off. So can you still hear me going through? Okay, good. That, that had some echo in there. I'm just not sure what was happening there. Anyway, let's get over to Andy Shell and talk about the Prophet Doctor. Andy, so good to have you here with us. And hey, uh, I think that mic, can I'm you gonna hear turn me? that mic on. Let's try yeah, that one right there. Can you hear me now? I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? That's oh, so good. So wonderful when that works. Can you hear him? Can you hear me now? Good. We're live. Al- <laughs> All the mics are working. That's a wonderful thing. Hi, Dave. It's great to be here at the conference. It's good to have you here, my friend.
7: Great to see you in person.
0: Yes, we usually have to do this when we're doing this in, you know, remotely, and it's so nice to look across the table and see your smiling face. Oh, I know. I know.
7: We, li- we live 30 minutes apart, and we have to travel all the way to Boston to <laughs> see each, each other. It's <laughs> terrible.
0: What are some of the things that you're seeing here at the conference, Andy? Some of the takeaways that you're already—I I love your feedback and your analysis. In fact, we met with Trisha and Marina at uh, in the booth. Chuck and I did uh, talking about some M&A stuff, and we were talking about how you are able to take the complex topics of accounting, finance, and convert that. So I'm really interested in your perspective on what you're hearing here at the conference, and uh, run it through the filter of a CFO, CPA, C-everything, C-M-B, everything. All the initials behind your it's alphabet soup.
7: You are too kind, Dave. How much did my mom pay you to say all that? <laughs>
8: <laughs>
7: you know, Dave, I can boil it down into a four-letter word. Oh, wow. One word. One I word. think the, the conference focus and the future of mortgage banking is about data. Yeah, I think it's about data. It's about the customer experience, but that's driven by the way in which we accumulate data. It's about the processing of the file, but again, that's about how we manage data. It's about the closing of the loan, and that's now going to become about capturing electronic data. Data is electronic. So electronic signatures, electronic mortgages, the e-mortgage, the uh, e-note, Mortgage backed securities backed by e-notes. And you know what, Dave? One of the things that I've been thinking about as we talk about data and we look at some of the ac- recent activity in the world, it's why can't we vote electronically yeah. on primaries? I'm not going to rabbit trail on this too much, but we in Texas, we don't ever get to vote for the president because it's already decided by the time we get there. So. Yeah. I don't like that. So that's a side note. If we can do e-mo- e-mortgages and e-notes, why can't we e-vote? So anyway, back to mortgage. Back, back to mortgage. So you think about data and data management. You walk around the conference, and it seems like every other booth's a technology company. And here we are in D&H, and one of the best leading technology firms in the world, right here surrounded yeah. by all these really smart people making data work. So it's just going super, super well and and it's just so exciting to be here with you. I'm I'm losing my train of thought because I get to actually see you. Well,
0: the the biggest thing also (laughs) I'm handing him notes, folks, is the good news, everyone can hear us out there. So that's why we got it working midstream here. But one of the things that I'm looking at, Andy, is if you look at some of the comments made by Janet Yellen, I'd love to get, or just generally economics, some of the stuff, that atmosphere with clients that you're working with, it's been a banner year. It's one of the best years, one of the greatest profitability. Maureen was talking about in the session today. Some of the Greatest amount of earnings we've ever heard, we've had, have been coming as a result of these recent economic times. So that's that's really good news.
7: Well, it is, and it's it's a couple of things driving that. One obviously is volume. Right. The other is margin. Part of margin is being driven by efficiencies, and part of efficiency is being driven by data management. Oh, there we go. Yeah,
0: I got your volume. I can hear myself.
7: So efficiencies drive profitability and profitability is driven by data so it all comes back together to my one four-letter word about mortgage being data no i think that i think companies have done very well over the last year Uh, i think there's an opportunity for those that do their business well and focus on the key performance metrics of mortgage banking are going to have banner 2017 right i think we're going to start seeing the the wheat separated from the shaft yeah I think more and more yes. we're going to see people that have invested in technologies, people who have worked with companies like DNH, are going to make the. That's going to be the differentiator that makes the difference between their success and others uh, not as successful. I don't see a major.
0: Is it is it an attitude, Andy, of in the differentiation? Is it an attitude because of? The management, the maturity of management, what's your thoughts on when you look at the component of management?
7: Well, there's two dynamics to that in my mind. One is adaptivity, and one is attention to detail. Yeah. And those tend to be opposites. So those that those quickly adapt to new changes tend to uh, not pay attention to details very well, and the opposite is true. So those that can do both, yes. those that can, like you, yeah. those that can adopt. New Adopt and adapt <laughs> Adopt new changes and adapt to the impact That changes on your organization I think are going to do very very well
0: And that's key That's key. Andy I want to thank you so much for taking time To join over we've got Ted Tozier that's going to Come in and oh, join us word. here and would you like to Stay here sure. and ask a few questions Ted come on in have a seat I'll get your mic On you can put these headphones on so you can Hear us chatting away and I'll turn up Your microphone which is one Right here my friend should be able to hear you loud and quick. Can you hear us all right? I can hear you. All good. Ted, thank you so much for taking time to step in here and be here with us. It is such an honor and privilege. What I wanted to do is I need you just a little close. There you go. Okay. One of the things I want to do is get your comments on, about the conference and some of the things that are important that you're focusing on in Jenny May as we look forward uh, to this new year. Especially, we, but Before I say that, we, we're having you on the broadcast. You are the hot topic coming up in two weeks. Is We have you scheduled just before the election, the Monday before the election. I'm really looking forward to your perspective on all of that. So let's talk a little bit about
8: what you're seeing and hearing here at the conference that's got your attention. Well, the biggest issue I think we're looking at is, again, that the um, banking sector continues to pull back from um, mortgage lending and servicing. And the independent mortgage bankers are filling the void, which is great. I mean, it kept um, credit access available. I mean, people talk about credit access being somewhat limited, but it would be almost non-existent without independent mortgage bankers stepping in. So our goal here uh, at the conference is to uh, work both with independent mortgage bankers to set them up so they can be successful through all economic cycles because most of our independent mortgage bankers have never gone through a downturn. They've never gone through a recession where uh, a genuine is very capital-intensive when that happens. So we've been working with them and also working with other um, uh, lenders uh, that would lend money to them, not so much mortgage but commercial banks. And so forth they can lend them money to make sure they have the working capital they need through um, the various cycles. Because from my perspective, I don't think the banking sector is going to come back into the uh, mortgage sector anytime soon. So, it really, why helps. is that? What's what? Any thoughts on why that is? Is it the regulatory
0: environment it's, that's just so onerous that's possibly going to keep the regu- the regulated institutions
8: in taking more of a back seat? Thought. Two things. I think it's first of all, I think uh, the banks in general um, were never that good to servicers when it came to uh, dealing with uh, delinquent loans and so forth. And so, because of that, with the additional um, requirements that are being put on as far as uh, helping consumers in delinquency, they're worried about the headline risk. I mean, they're really they're already being you know uh, concerned about how they're being perceived. And so they want to make sure that they can actually uh, service their customers better, which means that they're going to tend to take borrowers with higher FICO scores, people that are uh tendency to go delinquent, it's going to be lower. And because of that, that's kind of the reason I think the they're exiting, because they've set the standard so high that most of the loans they're putting in portfolio because they're really good credits. Um, and now we're kind of left with independent mortgage bankers to deal more with middle-class America. Uh, and, and that's from a good that thing. Yeah, Yeah. I think
0: it's. I mean, we we want the bankers involved, the regulators are
8: regulated institutions
0: involved in the process. They've been integral and an important part of the fabric. It's good that we have a good, healthy balance. Talk briefly, if you could, about some of the initiatives you have going on in Jenny May that you would like to share with our listening
8: audience. Well, the biggest issue I think we're working on right now, we've kind of looked at the the concept of the impact of enabling our issuers to kind of play to the strengths of their business model, which is kind of unique because with our program, each issuer kind of decides what they want to do, where they want to deal within the various loan programs versus being told what they can do within the loan program. So, we have some issuers that because they were set up to kind of clean up the subprime area, they're used to really high touch servicing. They're, tend- they're tending to do the uh, lower FICO scores. Some of the people are, are more toward the banks, but they're really uh, more about lower you know, servicing fees, but more um, uh, kind of processing by volume. And because of that, we've been able to really um, uh, have a situation where the put it all together, it's actually a pretty good yeah. mix. And so I've been trying to work with people to understand um, kind of how that works, why the genuine model is such a powerful model versus one where you really have a situation where uh, 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 the GCs kind of control – with what's being done from that perspective. So that's probably one of the big initiatives. Plus, we're again, we're working on on um, our technology. We continue to expand our technology um, and to make it more uh, user-friendly, easier to work with. And then we're also working on some of our initiatives to try to work on some of our um, risk management.
0: Ted, I want to say thank you so much for stat taking a few minutes to come over. We're looking forward to having you on in two weeks. We're okay. going to be focusing on what this election means moving forward. It's just ahead of the election. You have been so, such an effective leader as the president of Jenny May. And I want to say thank you for all the service you have been. And I'm hoping like that, no matter who's in office, that we keep you in because your leadership has been so important to the, the, one of the cornerstones of our uh, uh, whole housing finance system. So thank you so much for taking a few moments to be here with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. You betcha. Well, thank you. All right everybody. We're sitting here looking. I've got Sam Garcia in. We've got several others that we're gonna to try to fit in. We've got we've got Jason Maldiado here from from Alterial Lending. We've got to come on in, say Jason just come say here say hi for a moment. We're gonna to try to get him on. Or you wanna well, I can do a transition Yeah. yeah, well yeah we get yeah. settled. Jason, come and sit here for a minute.
7: One of the really interesting Element with with Ted here is as the growth of independent mortgage bankers taking up Jenny May servicing becomes much more present, it's going to be really interesting to see the capital intensity that that requires, making it so that these lenders have the money to support the servicing operation, and so does that mean we're going to have... New independent mortgage bankers with large servicing portfolios, yeah. or are we going to grow the
0: subservicers? Yeah. We'll talk to Ted about that in two ta- weeks. Ta- right? Exactly ta- two weeks. Jason, good to have you stop in here. Introduce yourself to the audience so we have you here. You've got to run off for a meeting with Ted here in just a few moments. One of the reasons we all show up here is to get the opportunity to talk to leaders like Ted. But good to have you here. Speaking of an independent mortgage banker, you're based out of Las Vegas, Las Vegas, yeah. and uh, you service. I'll do a lot to service yeah. the Hispanic community. Uh, yeah,
5: absolutely. and a
0: lot of the, the whole, all everyone.
5: Well, it, uh, we service everyone,
0: but happens, the Hispanic uh, demographic happens to be about 70% of, our, of all the loans that we close. So we're pretty good at it. You're pretty yeah. good at it. Yeah. We, we've got you and your mom coming on at, at closer to Thanksgiving. We've got you guys scheduled to come on the podcast because I love your story. And I think when you look at first generation, you look at what goes on, the commitment – the growth, and I just love your story. And I'm, I'm teasing our audience to say, "Come on back and listen to Jason and his mom when they come on." It's, we're looking forward to. Well, it. she's excited. I'm excited. Uh, you know.
5: I'm a second generation. You're second
0: She's first generation. Well, I'm second generation mortgage professional as oh, sec- well because she was the first generation, that's not it. only immigrant, but also in mortgage. And she got me in the business. And like every
5: uh, great Latino mom, she said, You're going to get in mortgage, and that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll talk about that story a little
0: bit. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll look to, just, thanks so much for taking a moment to stop over here and being yeah, with us. Really you. appreciate it, man. Great to see you, Jason. All right, folks. we're going to get Sam Garcia in on this if it's possible, Sam, i am looking to get your mic turned on there. Are you can you hear us all right, Sam? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Unfortunately, Sam, we're running into some issues at appear where di- people, those that are dialing in are not we're not able to hear that. Let's try this one more button. I'm going to press one more button. It's going to create some chaos here. but let's try this one more time. can can you hear? Can you, how about now? Uh, well, it it is so bad with something we've got, not sure exactly what's on, Sam. I'm so sorry, but We've got the issues on our side. Dialing in is a little bit of a challenge. So we're going to just say, everybody, go check out Sam Garcia's website. Uh, he's a dear friend, and he does an outstanding job with uh, Mortgage Daily. Check it out at mortgagedaily.com or call Sam at 214-521-1300. We're going to continue on live here. Sorry, Sam, for all these technology issues we seem to be having at the moment, but uh, we'll look forward to having you back on next week. Appreciate it, and I'm my deepest apologies. All right, we're going to take a break. Right, we're going to head over to let's see if we got Jim Jump. He's going to stop by here. He wasn't sure if he was going to be able to. But we're going to take a quick break with Jim Jump with Archmi he's going to be talking to us about the RateStar app. I was hoping to get him on live, but it's not possible. So we'll take this pre-recorded message. Be right back after this brief break.
9: Hi, David. Thanks for having me on, and we're happy to be a proud sponsor of the program. And today I'd like again to talk about RateStar from Arch Mortgage Insurance. RateStar is a revolutionary tool that allows mortgage originators to dynamically price mortgage insurance and match coverage to Archemy's most competitive rates, and that's important because it allows you to compete more effectively, qualify more borrowers, and, of course, close more loans. That's the power of RateStar. Originators from around the country are letting us know just how quick and easy RateStar is to use, and all you need is your NMLS number, and you can access RateStar anywhere, anytime, using multiple points of entry, including most LOS systems, product and pricing engines, and through our websites at ArchMI.com and ArchMICU.com for credit unions. And of course, it's available through our mobile app for smartphones and tablets. RateStar makes it easy to choose what type of mortgage insurance covered your loan needs. You just touch, tap, and go. Quotes are delivered in seconds and represent our most competitive ArchMI rates based on the strength and quality of the loan application. And I have to tell you, David, getting a mortgage insurance quote has never been so powerful or so simple. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you and say thanks. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Doing is there. Does that work now? We've got it back. So we've got, uh, we're broadcasting live for the NBA. And uh, apologies for some of the technology issues. It's just too many buttons. I need to get Andy Schell over here. He is the sound engineer of engineers. So we'll get this figured out. Unfortunately, we played with it last, last night and prepared and prepared. But just Murphy's Law. When it shows up, it does show up. But anyway, joining us right now, we have Mary Kate Thralt. I have that pronounced right. Go oh, good. Oh, it helps if I turn on your mic there. It's one. I got it. Good. And we have Steve Hoke. That's correct. Good. Good. You guys can hear yourselves all right, so we're good there. You can drop that mic down and get it right in. If you want, one of the things I want to get into is talking a little bit about, and then Andy and Alice, you're still here, and it will toss you this mic, or you can, in fact, hand the, the Steve, you can hand them your mic if we want to get you involved in it. But what I'm really interested in getting in is getting your perspective before we do that on uh, what the industry I want to talk about the future. I want to talk about the mobile app that you guys have recently released. Get your whole perspective of what's going on in the industry. But before we do, I want to say, Kay, Thalt. Sarial. There, 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 I'll get that right. Is a group leader in product management of the global lending uh, solutions at DNH, owned and uh, owning the development and the of the mortgage bot POS solution. Mary Kay has also been a key member of the mortgage bot team since the 1990s. Been around for a few years.
10: Forever
2: on Forever. <laughs> You're not a.
0: You look young, so. And then recently joining D&H is Steve Hope. He is the head of lending and retail product management with Global Lending Services at D&H. Steve has over 20 years of experience in the financial services market. 12 years of insurance in, in the insurance company, specializing in product management. You're fairly new to the company, are you? Four months young. Four months young and in. Well, it's good to have you here and joining us. What I'm really re- interested is getting into and talking about your positions and what you've seen in 2016 and how 2017 is shaping up.
5: Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I, we think uh, 2000 or 2016 has been a fairly good year for mortgage lenders. We've seen nice volume through our mortgage bot solution and. Perfect. Uh, there we go. All right. I got my hand in the right spot. Uh, so we've seen a, a good, strong 2016, uh, and we think that 2017 will be another year of, uh, of strong origination. The, uh, the refi business has, has quieted down a little bit, but we think good things for 2017 for lenders.
0: Yeah, that, and that seemed to be confirmed with Mike, Frantoni Tony when we were at the press conference. I mean, it's looking like a pretty robust year. We're going to have several rate hikes. So, I mean, the volume level should be still staying on fairly strong. So that's good news. Uh, I think one of the things that we talked about up there in the press conference uh, that we were talking with uh, both uh, uh, Marina Walsh is some of the changes that are coming on and, and especially with now that CFPB has been deemed unconstitutional, mm-hmm. I said, is this going to reduce costs? And she goes, not so much. It's creating the uncertainty and we're going to have more uncertainty. So <laughs> in this business, because you've been doing it for a while dealing with a lot of uncertainty, that's a great field for Alice because she gets to go in and, capitalize on all that uncertainty and help train it. but thoughts on that yeah
5: I, we you know we, we there were still a lot of uh, uh enactments uh handed down so there's still a lot of changes planned for 2017 uh changes to the 1003 the humda reporting changes there's still a lot that we need to work on next year so it doesn't it certainly doesn't mean any slowdown for us in terms of changes we still have to support oh, yeah. and take care of on our side yeah. so
0: you are going to be supporting. Well, what I'd like to do is uh, get an assessment of your state of the digital adoption of lending solutions by financial institutions. You guys have a, you, a large financial institutions install base, and that's probably one of the areas, but you're growing very strong in the independent space. Uh, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
10: Yeah, so the digital space is really um, coming to market. The millenn- millennials are looking for applying um, smartphones digitally getting the the easy access to applications. So that's where we see the market going and what we're working on to provide to our financial institutions. When you look at
0: the millennials, you guys have really been focusing on that. We recently did for the ABA. I had the privilege of doing a millennial webinar on behalf. And we did that with uh, the ABA in your partnership with ABA. It's really fascinating. How do you with, you've been at this for a lot of years like I have been uh, you're still young you look too long feel' to at that many years but you have your perspective on how things have changed what are you seeing out there is there really a shift going on where people is it it's at the rocket mortgage app that kind of just got everyone thinking about it I'd love your thoughts on it
10: yeah I think rocket mortgage was really the you know the first out there and they got everybody thinking you know what do I need to do to service that client that borrower who wants things their way. Some of them will want to take their application um, on a smartphone. Some want to work with the lender. And that's what we're providing, that omni-channel where you can start in one method and finish in another. We bring that direct to Do you consumers. really think that's
0: that's important? So it's not just, just a mobile app. It's being able to cross over and do both.
10: Yeah, definitely. It's okay. that, you know, that, that bar, there's a loan officer or a person behind that smartphone, behind that digital experience. So we need to cover that omni-channel. Any way they want to apply, we need to provide that to them.
5: And the reality is that, you know, you think about a mortgage application versus a consumer loan. You know, the breadth of what's required for a mortgage application, sometimes you're just not able to sit down, start it, finish it. So to be able to have that luxury, say, I'm going to start on my smartphone, enter some information, come back later, it provides a lot of convenience for, that for the consumer.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about the talk mobile, the smart has led the way to the greatest adoption of the financial in the financial uh, services industry. And uh, speci- specifically, I would like to get your thoughts on how DH is really capitalizing on this shift. So which one do you want to
5: yeah, add? Yeah, I'll talk just for a minute, and then I'll let Mary Kay jump in as well. But I think what we've seen from financial institutions is as smartphone uh, adoption increased, the obvious place to start was more on the service side. You know, I want to check my account balance. I want to move money between checking and savings. And that helped alleviate a lot of the basic service demands at the financial institution. But now they're looking to say, how can I capitalize on the value of the smartphone relationship? And so now it's starting to say, how can I drive more from origination through smartphones? And so that's where we're trying to help lenders is to take that next big step and say, you've mastered the the service side, remote deposit capture with checks and things like that. Now let's help you drive revenue from this channel as well. So that's where we really want to capitalize on that opportunity with mortgage lending to help uh, create a great mobile experience for, for, for financial institutions and their consumers.
10: Yeah, and so we recently rolled out in September our online mobile application. So a borrower can apply from anywhere. So if they're on that commute into work on a subway, they can start that mobile application. It takes them fluidly through it. Um, Easy design gives them that opportunity. But if they get to work and they want to finish it on their desktop, they can just pick up where they left off.
0: I think it's really important. Let's get into the discussion of millennials. When you look at how this opportunity, or, or actually let me rephrase that, what is the opportunity with millennials as you see it?
5: Yeah, the the millennial generation, I mean, I think the stats are all uh, pretty well-tread already, but the, the, the size of that generation is larger than any kind of demographic population right. now in the U.S. Two-thirds of first-time homebuyers are going to be millennials. And so I think there's just a ton of opportunity for lenders to – not only provide the tools like uh, our mobile solution, but the education around around uh, home, the home buying process, and so that could be online education. Those are uh, you know webinars, in branch sessions. But I think there's just a lot of opportunity to reach out to millennials because they are a whole different generation. They they expect information in different ways, and uh, I think it's an opportunity. It's not a challenge. It's an opportunity for lenders to you know seize that, and especially banks and credit unions who have. Um, such great local presence to find those connections with consumers in, in that demographic. I think it's really unique.
0: Well, I think what we attended yesterday the session, and it's called Will Loan Officers Become Obsolete? And that was a really interesting dialogue. I don't know if you got a, either, if you got a chance to be in that. Traveling one, in. Of, one of the things that was brought out in that, in that uh, session was is the relationship is still key. We're not removing the relationship. But it's how the relationship is being established that is really key, and that's where these mobile apps or device being able to access the database multiple ways, from starting a mobile app, finish out on a desktop, or flip it over. You know, when they're watching TV and finish it up on an iPad. I mean, however they can get it, it's really the critical, really the most critical part. I'd love me get your thoughts.
10: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't think you're alone. Enough- officer ever becomes obsolete I think you need to be able to provide that online digital channel but then that borrower needs to know that there is a human being behind that application and follow-up is key the quicker that you can respond to that online application from that mobile or digital experience, the more apt you are to close that deal and bring it through to the end.
5: Yeah. And I would just add my, my wife is actually a realtor. And oh, so, really? yeah,
10: so, you know, it's it, it, seeing
5: her go through these transactions on, on a daily basis. <laughs> there is always opportunity for something to go wrong with, with a, with the home buying process. You know, there's something goes wrong with an inspection, something happens with the title work. There's always opportunity. And so I think, I think, No matter who the borrower is, having that comfort and knowing, hey, I have a connection with a realtor, I have a connection with the loan officer, and I know I can pick up the phone and get in touch with them. It, it, it's a scary process. or It can be intimidating, anyway. Certainly for a first-time homebuyer. So I, I think that connection with that person is really important.
0: There was I'm looking at some of the notes here, and you ex- uh, quote some Accenture study that information that's here. Do you want to, one of you guys want to grab that? It was something like 72% of millennials are actively using mobile banking. 67% feel that online experience it will is, it's going to be, it's going to be an adequate or their current online experience is inadequate and they're wanting to everything to happen mobile.
5: Yeah. I, you know, I think there is some truth to that I I always look at my own life and say, how can I relate? And I've got, I've got three daughters and, and two of them are squarely in the, in the technology, you know, uh, 22, 23 year old camp. And, and there are those stats about how, you know, the first get their phone in the morning and 96% of them sleep with their smartphones by their heads. Yeah. You know, it's, it is It's part of their everyday expectation that, that that's going to be who they are and how they operate with you. but I think it's imbalance, right? Because just as we talked about that human element is still really so important.
0: There, when we did the webinar on your behalf, I did part of the presentation about millennials. and we, there's a website that I want everyone to go back and take a look. It's called the Disruption Index. Very interesting about what is going to be disrupting. And millennials expect that square, Google Will be uh, those types of technology firms are going to be the financial institutions of the future, and they have more confidence in them than some of the largest financial institutions in 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 place right now. That is an amazing thing. It's a wake up. So for those that do not have a mobile app, you guys are presenting that as an opportunity for everybody.
5: Yeah, I think that's what we are really excited about is um, leveling the playing field a little bit. There are some of those. Um, Marketplace lenders and some of those alternative lenders who have a really interesting consumer experience, but they don't have that geographic presence that a lot of the clients that we serve have. And so I think being able to deliver the technology while also complementing that with our, our the local presence of those lenders really does create something that I think is more unique almost than than the alternative lenders. And you know, Google and others have will will continue to dabble at that. Google tried to get into the auto right. insurance business and they walked back from that. There are reasons that these Companies are entrenched in these history and, and these industries for so long because they are complicated and they require certain levels That's of expertise. Right. Not everything can be answered with software, even though we're a software company. It <laughs> wasn't
0: that long ago that we watched Microsoft thinking, we're the smartest people on the planet. Let's get in the mortgage industry. Right. And that didn't go so well. Yeah. They exited and yeah. found it a little more yeah. challenging. I want to get into the mobile app a little bit. Alice, do you have any questions that you want to ask as you're listening to this discussion at all?
6: Uh, I think you guys were just touching on it. I think as we look at where this plays in, I think it can be both ways, right? The the, uh, website is going to be maybe the consumer goes first and then to the loan officer, or is the loan officer first, and actually steering the customer to go, hey, you know what, go online, start here, and then I'll pick up after you. I mean, do you see any preferences so far in the way the business models
10: are shaking out for your customers? No, I think you see it both ways. I think from a loan officer standpoint that having that conversation with that borrower and directing them to your website to apply at night when they're sitting home watching TV is a great opportunity to send them to their website. And we support those loan officer websites on our mobile application as well. So in the the new
7: millennial that we're in, in 2017, and we, we see people who don't have even mobile apps, they don't have some of the foundation and technology that you guys offer and, and your your clients take for granted because they have this information. So for those that are concerned about the cost of making the transition into the new world of having the technology foundation that really can support the growth of the business, what do you have for them about how to take that step and invest the dollars in their, in their future and their technology infrastructure
5: by working with a company like DNH? I think the, the the best thing that I can point to some of the stats that we've seen with our mobile app. Um, we've just started piloting with a, a select group of customers, and it's going to be fully live at the end of the month. But even early on, we've already seen a few clients report up to half of their own applications are coming from mobile devices. So when you see that, you go, how can you afford not to take a step, right? And so it, 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 implementing our solution is very simple, but I think it, what what that shows to us is there was pent-up demand for mobile already, and so we're meeting a need that already exists in the marketplace by the consumer. So it's really, I think, incumbent upon the financial institutions to to to, to drive towards making it part of their strategy because this is what their consumers are thing out of
0: them. So let's go to talking about the launch of mobile our mortgage bot mobile. It's some we could give us how's it going? Any thoughts, Mary?
10: It's going very well. So we rolled it out to all of our clients to start signing up for it and we had over 100 um, clients sign up within the first couple of weeks. Um, and the, as Steve mentioned, those clients will all be going live coming into November. So oh, wow. we're really excited about the adoption of it. Um, Is as, that
0: ahead of expectation or right on market, on par, on queue?
10: I think it's right on queue for where we expected to be. We're rolling it out in phases, so it doesn't have every piece of functionality that our online direct application has today, but we thought we'd wanna, we wanted to get it out there and roll it out in phases. So it's not going to meet every client's needs today, but it meets that, um, for the majority of the clients, okay. it does meet that application.
0: Let's talk about... Are you seeing any meaningful results yet out of the the, the adoption that's happening? Any testimonials that you're hearing feedback from clients?
10: No, just we we are seeing an increase in applications. Now, it'll take us a little bit of time to see if those same applications would have started on direct had they not had the mobile application, so time will tell us that. But as Steve had mentioned, we saw the client launched at 11 o'clock, and by 1 o'clock they had their first application come in on a mobile device. So the need was out there, um, but time will tell if these are increased applications or ones that would have just come in on their normal channel. Well, we've been talking a lot about millennials and how their
7: requirement for adoption of new technology is so present. And I can tell you from Dave in my perspective, I'll be 60 in February, and Dave already has been. Mm -hmm. I won't tell you for how long. And
1: uh,
7: (laughs) so, you know, I'm all about technology. I love technology, and I'm, I'm a baby boomer. And I, I, I can't live without my smartphone. I don't sleep with it under my pillow, but it's next to my nightstand. So as you start to focus on the millennials, what about the rest of us?
10: You know, that's an interesting comment because the very first application that came in on our site via a mobile device was from somebody who was 47 and 48 years old. So it was not a millennial that completed that application. So it's out there for everybody. And we made it easy to use for all borrowers.
6: So are we, uh, yeah, so I I have a question. So now as we move to mobile, does anything change in terms of how you have to make sure this is secure? This is the biggest issue that everybody has today is information security. Um, So tell us a little bit about if there are any new challenges as you move to mobile, or uh, what what other protections do you put in place as a result of this, this new application?
10: Yeah, so we did build it on our same platform that we have today with the same securities, the same data behind our same firewalls that we have. Um, so we are making sure that the application is secure, their borrower data is secure behind all of our firewalls in the same database that we had previous.
0: So for those that want to learn more about the application, what can they do to get a hold of, what's the best way for them to start can, exploring with you?
10: Yeah, so they can go to dh.com slash
0: M Mola dh.com, M Mullen. Or
5: if you're, attending, if you're attending the NBA conference, you're welcome to stop by the DH oh, yeah. booth. We have a, a great demo available as well. Yeah,
0: you do. And you've got a great location here. It's sweet. I mean, it's sweet. It's booth Bible for those by. that are here at the conference. And then um, what I'd like to know is what is your presence here at the NBA? Is it just this booth that you guys also, I mean, for those that are listening to this, a lot of people are listening to this live while walking around the halls here. So what else are you got going here?
10: We are a bronze sponsor of the MBA, so we um, do have some flyers in the pan- the handouts that were given out.
0: Okay. So, are, and then also, are you presenting at any of the other the, the side? shows i didn't know if you guys were presenting there at all so come to the booth that's the exactly, most important exactly right. thing
10: exactly and then, we have demos right in the booth and
0: you guys have really t- done a good job of getting your sales force up to speed and how to demo this thing yeah. so uh, you guys have done a great job is there anything that we haven't covered that was a really important topics that i mean i think that your comments on millennials i think the comment of having it be both a hosted and that you can access it mobile ready so it has a mobile experience yet it really is Going in to a database, into where it's all secure. So that's really, I think, some distinctions there.
5: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. We, you know, we really tried to make sure that when we when we approach a design for uh, really thoughtful touches. So when you're typing in just something that's only numbers, you're only going to see the numeric keyboard a lot of attention to detail about creating a great user experience because, if anything, everybody's been a connoisseur of technology now that everybody has iPhones, yeah. and they, they, you know, everybody is a tastemaker about what looks great, and so we really try to make sure that we put some emphasis on how does the design and how is the user experience. We, we, we want to be watching that to say, how are people flowing through the application and, and, and how are, what kind of flow through can we see so that we can help them convert those people that are starting an application into a submitted loan. So.
0: A lot of interesting information here at this conference, and your booth is definitely a great source of wealth of information. I want to say thank you to d for hosting our radio program in your booth. You guys are, we're just blessed and honored to have you as sponsors of the program and so grateful for the relationship, and it is a significant relationship. And I just want to thank both of you coming over here and i know for the first time being on the program you did awesome again mary Mary kate way to go you rock <laughs> Thank see, you, for us. you bet it's a real joy folks it's coming to you live from the nba we're so glad to have you join in with us let's see andy shell alice alvey you got any parting comments you want to make on uh we'll go ahead and turn and grab that mic right there i'll get that back on okay andy well, you know what, folks? For those of you
7: who are looking at technology solutions, the, the world of technology is going to continue to evolve and it's going to continue to be more yes, more highly restricted. We've got to really be careful that we get the right vendor-supporting technology needs. And these guys are used to dealing with the most advanced requirements because they're used to dealing with commercial banks. That's right. Mortgage lenders have been in their own world and haven't had the same level of requirements. I spend most of my day working with commercial banks. I'll tell you what. The future of mortgage banking is going to be tighter security like commercial banks have been doing. So get a technology vendor that already knows what they're doing when to address comes,
0: the higher requirements. That's great stuff. Alice, you, I'll, say, okay, I'll let you go with that, Mike. I just had
6: one statement to, to support what Andy was just saying, and that was the fact at the conference, that's exactly what this New York DFS ruling is doing. It's basically taking what the banks have had to do and moving it lenders and everyone are going to have to meet up to those same tough standards so it's coming folks and not just at the federal level but at each individual state level
0: so good. Appreciate you both being here on the program. It's a little, it was a little chaotic with some of the technology issues. I'm looking at Joe Farr's website right now, the market that is prices are level. I'd love to get Joe back on here, but we're not going to try it out again. We we'll love it, but it's so good to have you tune in with us and be with us, everybody. It's one of those things we sit and look at what we're going to be having on as guests. We hear from you as listeners. We love having you. Give us suggestions, so be sure to let us know who you think you'd like to hear from on this podcast. We've got a great lineup of, of, of future guests, and so um, be sure to tune in. Go to the website. Check out what we're doing at LickingOnLending.com. Thank you so much. Look forward to having you back here next week. Next week's show, we're going to be broadcasting live from the AmeriCatalyst event there in Austin, Texas. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day, everybody.